How about a ride, mister? Jennifer. Oh, you a sight for sore eyes. Let me look at you. Marty, you're acting like you haven't seen me in a week. I haven't. You okay? Is everything all right? Oh, yeah. Everything is great. Doing, Doc. I need fuel. Go ahead, quick, get in the car. No, 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 Doc. I just got here, okay? Jennifer's here. We're gonna take the new truck for a spin. Well, bring her along. This concerns her too. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Will we become assholes or something? No, 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 Marty. Both you and Jennifer turn out fine. It's your kids, Marty. Something has got to be done about your kids. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. And that is our featured Joygasm moment of... Episode 135. Nice. My goodness. What do you, what do you have to say about that, Steve? <laughs> Episode. <laughs> anyway, let's get started. <laughs> I'm, just... <laughs> I'm just caught up in the moment oh, of uh, man. just the awesomeness that was on display just now. That's how you make a movie, Russ. It is indeed, Steve. That's how you make a movie. And I will say that's what Ready Player One was basically based on. That's very true. Okay. It's very, very true. They they have the, the, the DeLorean in that movie. That's what caught a lot of people's attention. That's what drove people to the to the show. I think the movie came out when I was in fifth grade. Fourth that grade? movie came out in 1985, which means that you no, were. No, I wasn't in fifth grade. But no, you. How old were you? No, were? I was four. Yeah, I was six years old when that came out. Man, what? A staple of just pop culture awesomeness. That well, was. staple of storytelling, too, let's be real. Absolutely. There was so much about that movie that honestly was, you know, pun intended, was ahead of its time. Right. <laughs> oh! Snapping your neck, got a little fish. Um... No, I mean, everything just worked in that scene with the music. And then if, you, if you've seen the movie, they go through this entire thing and it's a huge adventure. And I mean, they barely make, you know, whatever. I'm not even going to get into it. If you haven't seen the movie, freaking see it. We really should <laughs> in the future do a, uh, pun intended again. Uh, <laughs> we really should do a Joygasm podcast episode that is just dedicated strictly to Back to the Future because it's so amazing all three films are just terrific. Yeah, but you know what? I remember saying that to you when we first started the show. We're like, hey, you know what are we going to talk about? I know. I'm like, let's just start talking about some, some some movies that have been part of our childhood and continue to be fantastic and phenomenal today. So what I think, there's many things that I have to say about this. First of all is this is yet another terrific example of 
how amazing it was to be a kid in the 80s. Because in the 80s, you had such genre-defining films that came out. I mean, back in the day, this was a film that put Robert Zemeckis on the map. Director Robert Zemeckis was actually buddies with Steven Spielberg. If you recall, Steven Spielberg was one of the executive producers of this film. They both went to college together, and he was able to back his buddy on this film. What's super cool, too, was that Alan Silvestri, who's the composer of this film, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think this was the first movie that Alan Silvestri composed, you know, in terms of the soundtrack. I think he might have done some TV shows prior to Back to the Future, but Back to the Future was like the big deal. And so it was super cool to be able to see not only Robert Zemeckis' efforts in this, that would, that would just, it would completely launch him into superstardom, uh, but also too with Alan Silvestri as being just, I mean, if you look at, at where Back to the Future was in 1985 versus his efforts, I mean, Alan Silvestri is also the composer for Avengers, Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. I mean, you could see just this huge spectrum. In fact, even talking about it, we should just have a future episode dedicated to Alan Silvestri as well and just look at hit the catalog of music that he has made for tons of films. Going, but, you know, before we go too far into the weeds, You lost me already. I know. Let's bring it back to (laughs) the scene we just saw. Reel it in. This particular (laughs) scene was special to me when I saw it for a number of reasons. First of all, it absolutely captured how fascinating science can be. Both in terms of just, you know, like, like what could be, but also too, like it just, it really brought to the forefront how cool science could be. And I remember like, just as I was growing up being a kid and in my going in my teenage years and stuff and you know, science was never a strong suit of mine. I was never smart enough to really understand yeah, yeah. a lot of this. I, I made my way say, through, you know, I made a solid, you just sucked at science, Russ. I, I I'm just saying, I, I'm not going to say I sucked at science. I got a solid <laughs> B through most of my, Minus. my classes. Uh, but I always had a respect <laughs> for it. I always had a fascination with it. And I thought it was so cool to be, you know, as a kid, <laughs> Be told a quality time travel story in this fashion and seeing, uh, you know, of course we, we played this, uh, this is the, the kind of the final scene in Back to the Future part one, but what a way to be able to like leave it Spoiler as a alert. cliffhanger. Oh, <laughs> 1985. <laughs> if you haven't seen this film, oh, that's well, your there, fault. Yeah, there's plenty of people who haven't seen it. New generations. Well, hey. You know, you need to go think of this as like your motivation to go see this film, because this is seriously, this is one in the probably my top 10 films. It might even be in the, within the top five, but definitely top 10 films of all time. It was so cool to how they, you know, you, you go through this film and I'm not going to go into the whole story, of it, but you, you survive through everything that Marty McFly has done. And you think everything's good to go. And then you see Doc Brown just all of a sudden appear. Like and, a wackadoo. Yeah, just absolutely in a, a fluster of sorts. And he needs to grab Marty yet again and Jennifer, bring him uh, with him into the DeLorean. And uh, one of the one of the best lines ever is just when Marty's looking, because obviously he's been with the time machine. He's like, hey, doc, you better back up. I don't think we have enough road here to go to 88 because that was the biggest thing of this film was just you have to hit 88 miles per hour with plutonium in the car. And, plutonium! 
Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in order to, to, to achieve time travel and to have Doc not even skip a beat and just look at him and go, Rhodes, well, we're going, we don't need, and he flips down to this futuristic shades, Rhodes. So if, if someone hasn't seen the film, so what, what the setting the scene here, Marty McFly is back home. He's had the, like the longest night of his life. He's preserved the past, saved his future, his saved current his family. Like, present. He saved his family. And so he's waking up. He's about to take his girl out on a date. And so he's exhausted and she doesn't know what's going on, of course, because he's only been gone a night, basically, or, you know, a couple hours because he's in a time machine. And then Doc comes out of nowhere, you know, comes out looking like just crazy from the future. And they're in a residential section. I mean, they're they're in a the neighborhood. So, of yeah. course, like. Dude, we can go 88 miles an hour. They're like, we're going to get something, you know? And so that's when that whole line comes up. And mm-hmm. that's when they, when the tires fold down, the fire comes out and the thing takes off. And if you're a kid, like I was watching for the first time, imagining flying cars, let alone a DeLorean that flies. You about peed your pants. You really did. And just, I, I love too how like the, at the end of the movie, they weren't even sure if they were going to be able to do a sequel because they weren't sure how successful the film was going to do. But I loved how, despite that, they left everybody on a cliffhanger as to like what could be. And I think everybody just really honestly, like people are always trying to just see what's coming up, what's coming next. I mean, even in today's world, when you're looking at, oh, what, what will the next iPhone have? Or what what kind of new travel technology do we have? Or what whatever it is, nanotechnology. There's always this universal obsession over what the future holds. And I think, you know, that coupled with the idea of time travel, everybody loves to talk about, you know, what if we actually had the ability to do time travel, travel in the past, travel in the future? What kind of things would you alter? What things would you not want to alter? That sort of thing. They've done such a wonderful job in this in terms of, I think, harnessing that level of anticipated excitement into these characters as as well as what's going on. I mean, I remember just couldn't believe when I heard that they were actually green lighting back to the future part two and wanting to follow these characters and see what's happening. And of course, if you recall, even after the three films came out, they had a cartoon series that lasted for a few seasons. And yeah. too. it was a lot of fun for kids. So, you know, I was watching Jay Leno's garage once and he, um, he was interviewing, oh gosh, what, what was the, the producer's name? You mean the director? The name? director. Yeah. Robert no, Zemeckis. That's him. So Jay Leno was interviewing him on Jay Leno's Garage. He's got a little car show going on. And Zemeckis was saying that nobody was funding the film. Like, no one wanted to produce it. And he went to Warner Brothers, and they went to Universal, and even went to Disney, and everyone said, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And then they got Michael J. Fox on the cast, and that's when, and Michael J. Fox was turning hot at that point. Oh, yeah. And so everyone went, whoa, you got my, he was was blowing up. You got Michael J. Fox? Okay. You know, and then everyone started jumping on the bandwagon, and of course, you know, the screenplay was incredible, and uh, it turned out to be something. But if they didn't get Michael J. Fox... Like, and it would, that would have been just an independent film. Yeah. I remember watching that video on VHS over and over and over again. It was like, I think it was like the movie that we watched at our grandmother's house when we go and visit her and like she talked with- like That was the, Old Yeller we watched, Russ. Old, okay, so Old Yeller was another one, but- <laughs> 
<laughs> if you recall, we didn't own Back to the Future on VHS, but our grandmother did. And so we watched it quite a few times. But yeah, Old Yeller was definitely another one as well that we were uh, we were watching. I think we had it at the house. I remember that maybe we just took it from her. <laughs> well, if you <laughs> recall. Grandma's not going to watch this. So here's, here's how I know is that even, so they remember, well, okay, let me back up. I'm, I'm like so excited. I'm You're stumbling over my words. So we would watch Back to the Future so many times at our grandmother's house, and I would always make it a point to comment to her about how much I loved the music because back this was back in the day when I was just starting to understand the concept of what a soundtrack was. And um, our grandmother actually went out, and I think it was, I don't even remember if it was for a birthday present or a Christmas present, or maybe she just surprised me, but I think she just surprised me. She went out and bought me the cassette tape soundtrack right. of Back to the Future by Alan Silvestri. And actually what was really cool was it was a combo tape. So on one side, it had all the Huey Lewis and the news um, tracks that they made specifically for the film. And then on the flip side, they had most of the, the Alan Silvestri stuff. Uh, that you could listen to as well. And so, I mean, I played that tape over and over and over. I cannot, I think I still actually have that tape intact. I don't think it ever, you know, how like cassette tapes had kind of a finite amount of times you could play it before the, the tape itself started to kind of get unspooled or it didn't sound as right or whatever. And anyway, lots and lots of great memories associated with that. And uh, I mean, I've seen like, we've seen that movie countless times. Every time I've seen scenes such as that one there, I still get chills. Yeah. I mean, that that is the quintessential definition of what Joygasm is all about. So anyway, you are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And it's time for some coming attractions in episode 135 today, August 8th, 2019. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. We're going to forego uh, Howdy Doody time as well as uh, movie and gaming news because it has um, been brought to my attention that there are several movie trailers that we have not seen. Hmm. And that's saying something because you and I intend to frequent the cinema, the local cinema here on a regular basis. But going through, I noticed that there are quite a few new trailers that we have not seen, and I'm not sure if we are going to see them before they get released. So I figured... These aren't the chick flicks, are they, Russ? No, they're not. This is not going to fly. I have... This ain't going to float my rubber ducky. I have curated <laughs> a nice variety of films. I'm not exactly sure you're going to like all of them, Steve. Probably not. But... <laughs> because it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Old man Perkins over here. <laughs> But I do think that it is worth our time to be able to assess different things. Even if it's not a film that, that <laughs> like you are going to go see or want to see just the fact that we are giving our kind of uh, instant reactions and reviews of how these trailers have been put together. You want my reaction? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to cue up the first one without any more delay. And uh, what we'll do is we'll just kind of take turns. We'll go back and forth between uh, looking at each one of the trailers and then giving our response to it and then going to the next trailer. How's that sound, Steve? I say we roll the tape. Okay. So the first trailer that we're going to check out is actually the teaser trailer to Mulan. Have you seen this? Nope. 
I haven't either, which is saying something because I have seen the trailer for Maleficent with Angelina Jolie. I have seen Dora the Explorer. I've seen a couple of others that have come out like Lion King. I have not seen Mulan. And I actually enjoyed the, the original cartoon movie that Disney made. So let's give this a little look-see. We have excellent news. The matchmaker has found you an auspicious match. It is decided. Come and sit down. It is what is best for our family. Yes, I will bring honor to us all. Quiet. Composed. Graceful. that looks pretty good yeah for uh for the train wreck that's been <laughs> disney's like live action stuff of of late and my humble opinion of course uh 100 uh, <laughs> positive anyhow uh when i saw mulan as a cartoon i didn't really i i didn't like it did not like it but it wasn't like beauty and the beast for example yeah um mulan when i watched as a cartoon at the time seemed to me like this would be a better movie if it was like real live action. Right. So now that it's real live action, I mean, that looks good. That, I mean, the, the cinematography in that film looks gorgeous. It does. I was really impressed by that. And I, you know, I'm just, if, if I'm being hundred percent transparent with the direction that Disney has taken, I, a lot of these trailers that I've seen that are like the live action versions of some of their beloved animated feature films, I, none of them really grab me. You right. know, I, I look at the Lion King and it's like, yeah, it's a technical achievement. It's amazing what they've been able to do with the CGI, but it's not pulling me in the way the original Lion King did. Or, you know, if, if you're looking at some of the other ones as well, I, I just, I haven't had like Aladdin, for instance, was another one where, you know, I love the animated feature film of Aladdin, but when I saw the live action version, it didn't pull me in. I didn't get right. that same sense of anticipation uh, that the, the animated feature film did. However, this is the first time that I have seen one of these from Disney where I'm like, dude, I want to see that. Yeah. We might have to see that one in the theater. We might watch the cartoon and then um, go see that one. And then we probably do a podcast on it. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. The second trailer that we're going to check out is The Kingsman, which I believe is probably a sequel to the, the previous two Kingsman films. Although, it, I, for some reason, and I may be mistaken on this, but it looks as though the, the way they spelled it was more of a singular spelling as opposed to like a plural, like Kingsman. So anyway, let's give this a little look-see. 
lied and killed. Until one day, we found ourselves noblemen. But that nobility never came from chivalry. It came from being tough and ruthless. is not found running off to war. Real power lies in understanding who it is you're truly fighting. And how they can be defeated. I know you want to fight, but there are other ways of doing your duty. Come on. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not one. Popcorn flick. I think the tra- I think they did a great job with the trailer. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the music is beautiful. And music was really unique. It is very unique. Uh, there's a there's this theme that's going on, which I know you would like, mm-hmm. where they time the music with certain aspects of the trailer, like have it be explosions or door slamming or someone getting hit, which is cool. I don't know about if I want to see it on every single trailer, but it is kind of cool, and they kind they did it with this one. Yeah. Uh, it it started out started out good, and then it, by the end, I thought, yeah. I'd, probably going to be a kind of action popcorn PG-13 kind of fluff. It has more of a serious take to it that I wasn't anticipating. What's interesting about this is if I compare it to the the films that I'm thinking of that had like Samuel L. Jackson and some others in there as well, it was, it was predominantly an action movie and it had kind of more of the, um, I don't know if I call it gratuitous, but like, I mean, you definitely have like a lot of violent scenes and a lot of the swashbuckling, cool guy, um, almost a uh, British style secret spy, protect the world kind of thing. And they were, they were entertaining. This one, however, takes a much more serious approach. It's almost as if it's kind of the origin story of how the actual Kingsmen got started and what their ideals were. I was very happy to see Raph Fiennes in there. I thought that was super cool. Yep. Um, and in terms of it taking place, it looks like it's taking place kind of more during world war one ish with some, perhaps some flashbacks to even, um, older times and that sort of thing. Uh, again, I, this is the first time I had seen it. So I'm just kind of drawing it in, but I'm, I'm interested in seeing it. I think it's cool. I think, sure. I think the, the trailer definitely got my attention. I'm a big fan of Raph Fiennes. I mean, the, the, the man can act. Yes, you can. And I always am a fan of kind of that setting of kind of the the early 1900s that sort of thing so um i you know i for now will give that trailer a, a thumbs up on that one <laughs> i'll give it a a north knuckle a north knuckle <laughs> <laughs> the next trailer we are going to analyze is it chapter two oh, have you seen the first it no movie? you know a rust life's too short you know what i'm saying i have not seen the first it movie either you and I, so, okay, we need to be fair in this in the Great. sense that we are not big horror fan guys. 
Um, and actually, um, my friends who have seen it, they said, you know, it's not the first film is really not as much of a horror movie as it is more of a thriller movie. It's more of a suspense thriller type of setup, even though the the marketing would kind of suggest otherwise. However, the sequel is on its way. I think I did. I, I think I've seen this trailer. Have you seen this trailer? I have. My friends have seen it, and um, or some some of my friends. <laughs> one um <laughs> <laughs> you only have one friend <laughs> uh and they they seem to like it you know who likes these scary movies russ who's that steve my fiance she's a fan you know she's gonna drag you to see these films with her steve and i'll know when you do see them because you're gonna be in the fetal position when you come over to my house because <laughs> i have a stain in my pants <laughs> well let's check out it chapter two teaser trailer Yes, I'll help you. I used to live here. Won't you come in? It's the least I can do. Is it like you remember? Cleaner. Well, you feel free to look around while I get the water boiling. Your hair is winter fire. January embers. My heart burns that Apologize. It gets so very hot here this time of year. It's fine. Well, you feel like you could just about die. <laughs> but you know what they say about Derry? Hmm. No one who dies here ever really dies. Tell me, how is it being back in Derry? It's good. Strange. Strange? Oh, my. I had some cookies in the oven before you came. Stay right there. I shouldn't impose. I'm going to... No, 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 no. I insist. Your photos are lovely. Miss Kirsch, are these your family? My father came to this country with $14 in his pocket. What did he do, Mrs. Kirsch? My father joined the circus. I was always daddy's little girl. What about you? Are you still his little girl, Beverly? Are you? Club has officially begun. We can do this, but we have to stick together. clowns <laughs> okay despite the fact that 
that type of genre is not your favorite. That trailer was masterfully done. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah. It would look like a scary movie trailer. I mean, the acting, first of all, I've never seen that old lady um, who was playing the, the kind of the, the creepy lady there. I've never seen her in a movie before, and I thought that she had a captivating performance. I mean, just, just the way that she was, I mean, it didn't come across as being campy or cheesy or anything. I mean, it really, it just, it was crazy how she was able to just, and again, this has to do with editing as well, but watching this slow, just, I don't even know how to describe it. Like she, she starts out as being like the sweet old lady kind of thing who's, who's living in like this apartment or house that the, the younger gal used to live in or something. And you, you just, as the, the conversation continues, you see and feel like this, this kind of descent into just something's not quite right. And you're not sure what it is. And by the end of it, it's like, I'm just like, get out of there, get out of there, get out of there. <laughs> and even actually, when you look at some of the other actors in that film, um, I mean, they've got like a, a triple a, cast that's there. I mean, if you recall that leading lady in there, she was from, um, I believe it was 13 hours. Is that what yep. it was? She was for 13 hours and she's from Molly's game. That's right. Yeah. She, she's been in a, a few films and I'm actually a really big fan of hers as well. Like she brings a lot of authenticity to the characters that she plays or there's, there's a kind of a grounded in reality sensation. She was also in, um, interstellar. She played the daughter of Matthew McConaughey all grown up. Oh, that's right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. No, she brings a confidence too. Yes. To the screen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on that one? Do you, I know that you're probably not going to go see it. Well, we can't see it until we see the first one. And I don't want to see the first one. I don't like clowns. <laughs> Man, <laughs> clowns are weird. They're not funny. They're weird. I'm telling you, it was a sensation when it came out. I think it was the first one came out last year. I think so. Yeah. Or the year before, but no, no longer than a year before. And it broke some records and stuff. I remember that. We, we should just totally chain ourselves to a chair with toothpicks, keep our eyes open, just watch it. And then and we like, can talk about it and we freak out together like little schoolgirls. Stuff a sock in our mouth so we don't sound terrified and wake up the neighbors <laughs> have the police called on us. Do you do you give the, uh, the trailer as it stands a uh, thumbs up, Steve? No, I wouldn't. Only because it, the feeling for the first part of it wasn't the same feeling for the second part of it. Okay. I like the creepiness. I mean, if I was going to give it a, a, you know, some props, I like the creepiness of the first half, but the second half just felt like a totally different movie. Okay. Fair enough. I personally give it a thumbs up because, especially considering, like I said, I'm normally not into th those types of movies. So the fact that they were able to um, have me completely riveted throughout the entire trailer was amazing. Also, too, they kind of deviated a bit from, you know, we just talked about how there's kind of this trend in movie trailers lately where they kind of have the sound effects that line up to the music and there's this really cool aggressive editing style and stuff. This actually almost played like we're just taking a, a scene from the movie itself and just watching the scene yeah, as is, which right. I mean, we really don't see that happen very often. Every once in a while you'll see it. Sometimes they really pan it out. They go, Hey, here's 12 minutes of the, of this scene from the movie. You're like, Man, 12 minutes. All right. But it's a good scene. Yeah. Yeah. This next one, Steve, I think you're going to like Ford versus Ferrari. Oh wait, we already saw that one. No, no, no. <laughs> 
It uh, starts with a top and ends with gun. Maverick. Yeah, I saw it. Russ, I posted this. Oh, well. Lucky you. You never, you, you, you never pay attention to my social media posts. That is not true. I love you. Thirty plus years of service. Combat medals, citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last forty years. Yet you can't get a promotion. You won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. What is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. Inevitable, Maverick. Your kind is headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir. But not today. So I got mixed feelings on that, Russ. Yeah, first it looks good. The music, I, I, I dig it. But I wish they would not have shown Tom Cruise and... What was what's his uh, face there? Um, Ed Harris. Ed Harris. I was thinking Ed Norton, but I knew it wasn't Ed Norton. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Eds mixed up. I wish they would not have shown them, and I wish you just heard their voices with other s- scenes from the movie. Now, why is that? Because it seems like maybe there was other there's other stuff going on with the scene of the dialogue. And Tom Cruise doesn't seem as serious as some of the the jet flying scenes are. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, when I see Ed Harris and Tom, or, yeah, Tom Cruise on screen, it kind of takes away a little bit from the coolness of the like the angles of the shots and and the speed and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, a little bit taken away there. But if they if they just had the voices and they showed other scenes. Them, you know, them playing volleyball, motorcycle, uh, you know, them partying it up in the bar. Uh, I wanted to see some dogfighting, though. They didn't have any dogfighting. They had well, flying, but no dogfighting. They're probably keeping that for when you go into this, the theater to check it out, you know? Keeping that close to the chest. You know, was that a F-14 at the end there, Russ? I have no idea. I believe it was an F-14. He's in an F-A-18. 
I, it looks like he's actually flying a number of different aircraft, which actually I'm pumped about because I was curious, you know, when, when I thought about the original Top Gun, obviously at the time, I believe that film came out in 1980, see, either 1986 or 1987, somewhere in there. But the F-14 Tomcat was the aircraft of the Navy at that time and the Air Force. And uh, it's, oh man, the F-14 Tomcat has a special place in, in my heart. I, I love the design of that particular jet. They, um, Sega made a, a game. They, they stole did. the F-14 Tomcat. It's called oh. Afterburner. No, 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 no. Oh, what are you no, thinking? No. Tomcat Alley. Oh, yes. Sega CD, Russ. I'm not talking Sega Arcade. I'm well, Sega CD. Tom, okay, so Tom Cat Alley, I don't think was as iconic as Afterburner. Yeah, okay. Afterburner in the arcade was just, ugh. Yeah, I could say some things that are yeah, very uh, testosterone filled, but I'm going to hold off on that. I, that, that was the arcade where. I mean, if they had the music and the sound effects turned up so loud to the up point to of eleven, oh, yeah, man, totally. And they, they had the arcade cabinet that actually moved. It was one of the first arcade cabinets to ever actually move in relation to your input to the joystick. Oh, it's great. Yu Suzuki brilliance right there, Steve. For me personally, so the nostalgia factor is totally there. Hearing the music, seeing the sights, again, you know, going back to what we were talking about during the, the show intro, it was so awesome to be an 80s kid when it comes to all of the different movies that really just set the tone for the 80s and really pushed cinema in a, in a brand new direction. And I feel like Top Gun was one of those films, again, that just, man, it was like no one had ever seen a military-themed film like this before where it was just, it was like, military jocks in the, in the sky. And you had fantastic performances by Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise. I mean, it, it was just even, uh, it's so funny because I always refer to him as, uh, Mr. Strickland, but, uh, you know, the, the Admiral on the aircraft carrier, I believe his name is James. I can't remember his, um, his last name off the top of my head, but didn't you meet him? I did. Yeah. But looking at all these different, actors in there. It, it was just such a, a buddy flick. It was a buddy feel good flick that actually had heart. And of course that was back in the day when Tom Cruise, he really did a lot of roles that had that hero's journey, right? I mean, it didn't matter if it was days of thunder or if it was top gun. I mean, you, you could go down the list of like just different films, but I don't know. For me, I've always wanted to see a sequel to Top Gun simply because it was such a fun time to be in that world. And I was always surprised that they never really went back to it until now. Like, I mean, to me, I don't know. Like, it was kind of a no-brainer. But when I think of a lot of the Tom Cruise films that came out during the 80s, he really didn't do sequels. Yeah, I don't think he did. When I think about, like, the, all the films that Tom Cruise does, really, the Mission Impossible series, I think, is the only type of film franchise where he was making returns. He was making encore performances. I mean, is there anything else that you can think of where Tom Cruise was making those, those returns? No, not at all. Yeah. No. And it does make me wonder if he's going to continue that. Like, if, if this Top Gun sequel does well, are they going to make a sequel to Days of Thunder? Hmm. 
That's a possibility. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? I got one thing to say about that trailer, though, Russ. Yeah, Steve, what's that? Quoting the movie. You screw up just this much. I'll have you fly in a cargo plane full of rubber duck shit out of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Again, the 80s. The 80s were, <laughs> again, You could. there are so many great lines from the 80s that just have stood the test of time, Steve, and they will continue to do so. Like, you just, you, you don't get that kind of writing like you uh, you did back in the day. And you had uh, the, the classic music playing in the background of that scene, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I look forward to seeing this. I hope it's not going to be uh, too dreary of a film. I, I want it to, to capture, or recapture, I should say, uh, the the fun and the heart and the pulse pounding the, of the of the first film. So we'll have to see. But I, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing another trailer from that. I get a, th- a thumbs up for me. Thumbs up for you. Yeah, I'll say a thumbs up. The next trailer we're going to take a look at is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, which stars Tom Hanks as Mister Rogers. So let's give this a look. See. Hey, I'm looking for Fred Rogers in here. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Please, won't you be my neighbor? Hello, neighbor. Mr. Rogers, I'm here to interview you. It is so nice to meet you. You okay? Profiling Mr. Rogers. Boyd, please don't ruin my childhood. This piece will be for an issue about heroes. Do you consider yourself a hero? We are trying to give the world positive ways of dealing with their feelings. Yeah, like what? There are many things you can do. You can play all the lowest keys on a piano at the same time. You love broken people like me. Sometimes we have to ask for help. And that's okay. I think the best thing we can do is to let people know that each one of them is precious. movie is going to either going to be excellent or it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Uh, I remember you said to uh, someone on Facebook, you know, Tom Hanks might not have been the, the perfect pick. Yes. Which I wholeheartedly agree with because even though I love Tom Hanks, uh, I don't see him as Mr. Rogers. And, and we grew up with Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. 
And as a kid watching Mr. Rogers being raised in an environment where kindness was king and we just, you know, it, it was just the norm. And so Mr. Rogers was kind of boring because it just, <laughs> that's what we had every single day and that's what we were raised with. So it wasn't really anything different. Mm. But nowadays with like the, the toxicity of uh, social <laughs> media that can be, you know, uh, when you look back on old episodes of Mr. Rogers, you think, wow, that this is the perfect thing that we need today yeah. right now. Uh, I just hope they really don't go the political angle with it. I really hope they stick with um, Mr. Rogers, who he was in the show and mm-hmm. the kindness and acceptance that he had. Um, if they really start to get political, it's it's going to be unfortunate. Yes, I, I, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I, you know, I'm a big fan of Tom Hanks. I've celebrated his films over the multiple decades. I think he, he's a tremendous actor. I, however, feel as though he missed the mark in terms of embodying Fred Rogers, which is, I don't know, to me, when I stop to think about that, I think, um, I don't know. I'm, it's kind of interesting to me yeah. because Tom Hanks is such an acclaimed actor. I mean, he's a multi Oscar winning right. actor and a safe pick. He, well, he's a safe pick. Like I, I, you know, if I were to hear for the first time, Oh, we're thinking of casting Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. I think, Oh, you know, that's, that's actually a pretty good pick because Tom Hanks has, you know what, obviously we've never met him in person, but he seems to evoke a persona that is, I would say in sync or in line with a Mr. Rogers personality where he's very uh, happy go lucky. He's uh, kind of a free spirited guy. He's good, na- you know, good humored, good natured. There's a, there's a lot of stuff there. What I find surprising though, and maybe it's not so surprising when I stop to really kind of analyze this, but Fred Rogers is a very deep, complicated man which plays, you know, it's, it's ironic in the sense that like, you know, he, he has this, or I should say he had this, this on-screen performance and it really wasn't much of a performance. It was him, but he made a conscious effort to purposefully be simple because obviously his audience, his target audience for sure was children, right? Safe environment too, for, for kids to, to watch. Absolutely. It was, it was a completely safe environment. However, the man was deeply intelligent and I've done a little bit of digging around where when he wasn't recording the show, I mean, he was very proactive in pushing quality programming in front of Congress. He, he had, um, these hearings where he would sit down and he would talk about how Looney Tunes and other types of more violent oriented children's programming was detrimental to the future of children and how this is a, a glowing opportunity for us to be able to really foster this safe space for kids and be able to teach them kind of the, the, these, these basic ideas that help shape the foundation of their lives And I think as a result, watching that particular trailer, I don't think that Tom Hanks hit the head of being Fred Rogers. I think it's Tom Hanks acting as Tom Hanks in the shoes of Fred Rogers. Like, you know, like, like if there was an update to Mr. Rogers, you know, I don't think anybody could ever replace Fred Rogers, but I do think that watching it's almost, 
for some reason, it makes me think of Saturday Night Live where he dresses up like Fred Rogers. He's going through the mannerisms of Fred Rogers, but he's not able to capture the spirit of Fred Rogers. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I won't hold that against the movie per se. Uh, I, I wish, but I wish they would have found an actor, like you just said, that who embodied Fred Rogers better. You know, there's a clip. I'm just, I'm going sideways here for a second, but I know the clip that, um, that's available online. You can see it on Facebook and you can see it on YouTube where it's videotaped with Fred Rogers in front of Congress and Congress is captivated. Yes. Too. Um, I mean, it, it's very a moving clip. It's not something boring that you're watching. Yeah. I mean, he believed this in and out of the show. He really did. It was his passion in life. And it was amazing to see how he just, he touched people's lives no matter where he went. I found a Facebook video uh, a couple of days ago that I posted on my personal Facebook page. Maybe I'll, I'll post it onto the, the Joygasm page as well. But it, he won a Lifetime Achievement Award at one of the, the award shows. I don't know if it was at the Oscars or if it was at the Emmys. I think it was probably at the Emmys since it was a TV show. But what was amazing was when he went to accept it, it was done with such humility and he was just himself. He didn't have any kind of um, fake vibes about him or anything. And the camera would cut to multiple well-known celebrities in the audience and they were crying because he had that ability to pierce through all of the superficial shallowness and really be able to talk to each and every person that was in the audience as if he was, it was just the two of them in the room. I mean, even though there were hundreds, if not thousands of people in that room, yeah, super, super cool. So I, I think I'll, I, I will want to see the film, right? I'm not going to give the trailer by itself necessarily a thumbs up, but I'm not going to give it a thumbs down. It's kind of like a thumbs neutral kind of thing. Um, but I do think it will be a love letter to Fred Rogers because I mean, who doesn't like Fred Rogers? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm remaining optimistic, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm, um, a thumbs West. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In terms of like, like, like the trailer itself. Yeah. I mean, like you could tell a lot of tenderness and TLC went into it, but in terms of Tom Hanks's performance, he did not nail who we all know and love is Mr. Rogers. It almost seems like the supporting actor who is in there almost embodies Fred Rogers better than Tom Hanks. Well, and that's why I think I'm, I'm still looking forward to seeing the movie itself because they're taking, and again, I don't know if this is a fictional approach yeah. to the, the subject material or if it's more of a nonfiction, like, like this is kind of a behind the scenes, like someone actually did do like a, a a write-up on Fred Rogers. I have no idea. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I want to see it, but to your point, like I hope it's nothing political or right. anything like that. I want it to be strictly Fred Rogers. The final trailer that we're going to take a look at here is something that I've been looking forward to for years. I have seen the first zombie land. Did you ever see the first zombie land movie? If you oh, haven't man. seen it, you are totally coming over and watching it with me because it is by far one of my favorite zombie movies ever. I think I may have seen scenes out of it. I think uh, when I used to live with my roommate, we had one of those like free cable, like we would sign up for cable and they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, here's a free uh, three three months or something that yeah. you can get of uh, like HBO. And I think it came on once and I, I got it like midway through. So I probably recognized some scenes out of it, but man, I could be wrong. I don't know. It is absolutely hysterical and so fun of a ride to go on. I remember 
like Woody Harrelson to me is such a, like a fun actor. I love like in certain key roles that he's in. I am just an absolute fanboy because he's just, he's able to just have this certain swagger to his oh, roles. Oh, wait a minute. Is this, that has the dude from the social network in it? Jesse Eisenberg. Okay, yeah, I, I've seen it. And yeah, see, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, w- this was the first time I had seen him in a movie. I'm, I'm sure he was in other films previous to this, but, I, but for me personally, I had never seen him in a movie. So for me to watch him, I mean, that was the first introduction to him. And I was like, this this guy is really fun. I like this guy a lot. Also, Emma Stone was in it. If you recall in the right. first Zombieland movie, even Bill Murray had a cameo right. in it. Right. So anyway, yeah. This is a sequel. It's called Zombieland Double Tap. Let's take a little look-see. Hey, possum <laughs> Sorry, just you in that chair. I think it would have made a damn fine president. You would have brought a real dignity to the office. You're welcome, America. Welcome to Zombieland. Life is about more than just survival. We were a family. Dysfunctional, sure, but what family isn't? Merry Christmas! What would you like, little girl? I'd really like for you to stop calling me little girl. But do you know what I would like? I don't give a shit what you do. <laughs> It felt so good to be on the move again. Whoa! Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Columbus. Madison. This is Tallahassee. Hey, Paul Blart. Is this your dad? Oh, whoopsie. I forgot the seatbelt rule. Oh, so she knows the rules? I told her just a few of them. 73, and are there more? You're cute. I like it. My sister is gone. She picked up a boy. He's from Berkeley. Berkeley! You don't have weed, do you? <laughs> do I look like the type of person that would have weed? I'm sorry. Boom! Yeah! I have nothing against hippies. I just want to beat the shit out of them. <laughs> We're gonna go get her. We ride it, Dawn. Start talking. You first. Hey, my name's Tallahassee. Is it me, or does, does he kind of remind you of... I don't, I don't like you. At, at all. all. I think you double parked. <laughs> or more perpendicular parked. Hope we don't get a ticket. What is going on here? What? Hello, everyone. Am I hallucinating? Okay, that looks awesome. Okay, Russ. That's a Russ okay. movie right there. I'm telling you his name. <laughs> That's a movie that we would probably see in the theater, and you will be laughing your little belly out. I would. And I would be looking at you in that chair like, what are you possibly <laughs> laughing at? I think it looks fantastic. I think it's, it's, it's at least from the trailer, it has retained the spirit of the first one, Steve. And actually, at the, the end of the trailer there where you had Luke Wilson and um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's the guy from 
the Silicon Valley TV show. I think it's on HBO. Um, but he's also the spokesman for Verizon, if I'm not mistaken. Am I? Is that right? <laughs> sure, Russ. Wait, 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 wait. Actually, you know what? I may be mistaken. Is Verizon the one that does the whole, can you hear me now? That's Sprint, Russ. That's Sprint? Hashtag Sprint. Okay, my mistake. I don't think he, well, can you hear me now? Good. You know what, Steve? I'm not exactly sure. I'm not sure if he took over the Sprint, because there was a one dude who used to say that, and then he moved over to T-Mobile. I don't know, Russ. Anyway, neither here nor there, Steve. However, I thought it was a, a really nice little twist there at the end of the trailer where like it was literally they ran into another party that had the same exact archetypes as the first one. So and that the girl who plays kind of the, the dumb blonde, she's she I think she she nailed the lovableness of that character, Steve. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. I will probably end up buying every type of gross junk food that the theater has to offer because it's that type of movie, Steve. I might just take a sleeping pill. <laughs> no, you won't. I'm going to slip in some, uh, I don't know what, maybe some Adderall. Maybe it's a little, uh, you know, uh, Diet Coke crack. And, uh, <laughs> like, review. <laughs> <laughs> So what did you think about the trailer itself, Steve? Thumbs up, thumbs down? What do you think? Huh? I would have to say thumbs down, Russ. Thumbs down? Yeah, I mean... I, I Heresy, I say! I like the music, but the music pumped me up and the trailer kind of let me down. Oh, man. You're a hard man to please, Steve. <laughs> That's because I have standards, Russ. Oh, well. I have none. Slap. None whatsoever, and I'm (laughs) proud of it, Steve. No, that zombie, and even the name, Zombieland Double Tap. I will concur with that. And the the logo at the end was awesome. The way it lit up and stuff and explosions, you know? Yeah, some people just love Christmas lights, Russ. They do. You know, I, I get it. Anyway, I think that that has been just a nice variety of movie trailers. What do you think? Yeah. Nice little selection. Yeah. Well, I think we, I think we had for the most part, a lot of thumbs up in there. There was probably one or two that, uh, from both of us that we gave a bit of a a thumbs down to here and there, but overall, I I think, uh, there's a lot to gnaw on. If you know what I'm saying, Steve, are you going to put those on the, uh, trailers section of our YouTube? I believe I will because, If people are driving, listening to this, um, uh, yeah. they're going to have to try and like pick picture what we're talking about. They are. And actually, it does make me look forward to when we can finally take Joygasm to video. Because when we do these segments, then they're going to be able to actually watch it. And uh, we'll probably be able to show our faces as we uh, right. have the, the live reaction. There so. you go. Anyway... That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see all of you next week. Have a good week, guys.